0: Listening it's All BS with Sabrina, an Amplify podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of It's All BS. I'm your host, Sabrina, and thank you for joining me. I am I'm currently speaking to you guys from the nation's capital. I am in Canberra. I am helping a friend move, and of course, when we help friends move, we are more often than not forced into the IKEA flat pack furniture creation. Uh, And there is a reason why building flat pack furniture is a test to any relationship, be it a friendship or romantic or otherwise, uh, because that shit is frustrating. And it just brought back PTSD memories, really, of me trying to build my bed base all on my own last year. Um, My parents did come home to me lying in the middle of the hollowed out body of the bed base, crying because I was so frustrated. I think that took me about six or seven hours. I am not... A handy person let's just put it that way but as a thank you for helping her move my friend got us tickets to one of my all-time favorite artists his name is Tyne James Organ he has been featured on the pod before in the car concert songs but we got to see him here in Canberra at the ANU campus uh, for his long-awaited EP tour Necessary Evil and it was phenomenal his voice was just as good, if not better, than the recordings. He played some covers, which I appreciated as well. And his, just, his stage presence was just so effortlessly cool. His band was effortlessly cool. His supporting acts were fantastic. So if you do have a chance to catch Tyne in, during this tour, I think he still has his Sydney and his Melbourne shows left. He's playing Sydney at Manning Bar and 170 Russell in Melbourne. So if you get the chance, I highly recommend you go see him. You will not regret it. But let's jump into this week's music news, uh, which has a lot of serious copyright infringement allegations surrounding some big hitting singles the last few years, which means lawsuits are coming in thick and fast, especially in the LA court system. So here are your top three music news headlines of the week.
1: News
0: headline number one. Post Malone ferociously denies Tyler Arms contributed anything original to his mega hit single, Circles, as Arms prepares to sue for composition rights. In 2019, Post Malone released his multi-platinum hit single, Circles, and in 2020, songwriter Tyler Arms sued Malone for unrecognized co-writing credits and compensation, as he was a part of one of the early songwriting sessions that led to the song's birth. Arms claimed that he contributed to key guitar, bass, and vocal melodic ideas used throughout the song and as such should be entitled to co-writer and co-producer credit along with a cut of the song's profits. Arms was offered 5% of the publishing royalties by Malone and his team. However, Arms rejected this and continued to seek full credit. Now flashing forward to 2022, Arms has been denied any recording authorship. However, the issue of authorship of the composition is still at hand. Malone filed to the courts that Tyler Arms doesn't have a shred of evidence that he contributed anything substantially original to the composition of circles. The filing states that the only element that can be linked to Mr. Arms is an admittedly very common guitar chord progression of 1-4-5 that is used throughout the song and possibly a non-recorded fragment of a guitar melody that Arms claims he sung to post, both elements of which are impossible to provide irrefutable evidence for or are commonly used musical devices in contemporary compositions. Despite Malone's scathing court filing in a statement to Rolling Stone, Arms's lawyer Alison Hart said, We believe that the motion for summary judgment is a desperate attempt by Post Malone and Frank Dukes to try to avoid a trial in this action. We are confident that we will prevail in defeating the motion and look forward to going before a jury. News headline number two. Sam Smith and Normani are being sued for composition and sound recording infringements for their hit track, Dancing with a Stranger. In 2019, Nomani and Sam Smith released what the world thought was their original track, Dancing with a Stranger. Now, however, the two superstars are being sued for serious copyright infringements by songwriters Jordan Vincent, Christopher Miranda and Roscoe Banlawi, who wrote their song of the same title, Dancing with a Stranger, in 2015, and formally released it in 2017. The filing reads, The hook and chorus in both songs, the most significant part and artistic aspect of these works, contains the lyrics dancing with a stranger being sung over a nearly identical melody and musical composition. The filing offers a side-by-side comparison of the two songs, including a direct comparison of their music videos, which are undeniably similar in their creative concepts and execution. The plaintiffs have suggested that Smith's songwriting team and Normani's manager had access to their songs and music videos materials via Thrive Records, as Thrive was given these materials in 2015 when the song was being considered for one of Thrive's artists. A report from musicologist Dr. Alexander Stewart, which is attached to the lawsuit, says that given the degree of similarity between the two songs, it's extremely unlikely that Sam Smith's song was created independently from Jordan Vincents. And news headline number three, to get out of the topic of suing people, Genesis Owusu breaks charts and floors with his album, Smiling With No Teeth. Ghanaian-Australian artist Genesis Owusu has won Australia's Album of the Year for his 2021 debut work, Smiling With No Teeth. This means that Genesis Owusu walks away with $30,000 and beat eight other critically acclaimed albums from the likes of Baker Boy, Odette and Hiatus Coyote. Genesis is no stranger to awards, however, having taken home multiple arias this year for Album of the Year, Best Hip Hop Release, Best Independent Release and Best Cover Art. The Australian people's love for this isn't just reflected in the awards, though. Owusu's Sydney show at the Enmore Theatre last week quite literally broke the floor. Within 15 minutes of hitting the stage, Owusu was forced to stop the show and promise a rescheduled event after the floor collapsed and became an unstable pit covered by carpet. No one was hurt during the accident, and according to Owusu, everyone is safe and in good spirits. It was nice for things to feel like it was getting back to normal for a second there. Round two sometime soon. Owusu is reportedly going to try to reschedule the Enmore show as soon as possible, ideally before embarking on his US tour. And now for my top three car concert songs of the week. For number one, we've got Boxing Underwater by Golding featuring Kaylin Russo. Golding are an Aussie electronic duo from Gold Coast, who you may also know as the unofficial second and third member of Boost Seeker. Kaylin Russo, on the other hand, is from San Diego, USA. The track is co written by Aussie producer Jared James and runs in the easy listening space that is Hypno Electro Pop. It's a head bopper for sure, and like I said, super easy listening for those cruisy drives. So this is Boxing Underwater by Golding featuring Kaylin Russo. We only get
1: closer if we can get higher. Long enough
0: for you All we have to lose't Car concert song number two is Burning Bridges by Sigrid. Sigrid is a singer-songwriter from Norway who I've been a big fan of since her first EP release back in 2017. This tune is a bit more intense than our chill Golding Boys track so prepare for a bit more of a boogie. Huge fan of her unique voice, which sort of just makes what could be a pretty standard pop tune just that little bit more memorable. Not to mention she knows how to incorporate a fantastic hook in literally every song that she sings. So this is Burning Bridges by Sigrid. And track number three, we have Nelson Wood Lane by Matt Mason. Matt Mason is an American singer from Virginia, and you may know him from his collaboration with superstar Lana Del Rey for their track Hallucinogenics back in 2018. Nelson Wood Lane is definitely a heavier side of Matt, and he's admitted that while writing this song, it felt like he was babbling to a therapist about traumatic memories and the lyrics just kept coming. I felt this tune was, one, important to share because music like this needs to not only be listened to but felt, and two, the East Coast's weather, with all its rain uh, this week, lends itself to some more reflective music. So this is Nelson Wood Lane by Matt Mason. I saw you coming with a gun in
1: your hands, I can I can't want this, I saw you coming in
0: This week's guest was featured in my top three car concert songs a couple of weeks ago. And I did mention that he was coming onto the podcast. Um, he is a guy who just loves love and it shows in not only his music, but just the way he talks. His name is Wiz the MC and I'm I'm in love with his most recent EP called Where Silence Feels Good. Uh, for some context, Wiz is South African born, German raised and now based out of Toronto. He's growing real quick over in the Northern Hemisphere and making it into some really big US and Canadian festivals. So it's only a matter of time before he breaks it here in Australia, too. So I feel very lucky that this is his first Aussie podcast that he's agreed to come on. Um, So without further ado, let's meet the man himself. This is Wiz the MC. And to its all VS, I'd like to welcome Wiz the MC, who's currently in Berlin. How are you? How is Berlin?
2: I'm doing great. It's depressing, as you just said earlier. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good.
0: Feeling, feeling fresh. Is it is it actually yeah. cold?
2: Not no. Not after being in Canada. For a winter where it gets like below, you know, 15, 20. So three degrees above are still, you know, easy.
0: No, I've only ever been to Berlin or like Germany in the summer. It's beautiful in the summer. I don't, I don't want to ruin the experience for myself. <laughs> yeah. Better time to visit for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, sweet. Well, Wiz, you've... You've done a lot and you're only like 20, 22, 23?
2: 23, yes.
0: 23. Yeah, you have multiple EPs, multiple singles, multiple awesome um, music videos. You've played some pretty big music festivals and it kind of all took off for you or it kind of took off for you when you moved from Germany to Toronto. Mm-hmm. I read somewhere that you you graduated high school <laughs> three days later you are in a plane like bye mom yeah. see ya what made you choose Toronto because I know why you stayed there I read a lot about how mm. with the creatives and it was such a warm and welcoming community all the open mic right. nights but what made you initially choose Toronto over jumping straight into the viper pit that is LA for example
2: mm. so the the truth is, it's it's a pretty boring answer why I chose Toronto. It was really just <laughs> like, I found a cheap flight to Toronto when I was like before, like, cause I was looking for a place to visit after high school and um, I found a cheap flight, like a, a round trip for like 450 bucks. And I was like, sounds good. Toronto looks nice. And I heard Canadians are like the nicest people on earth. And so I was like, try me, you know, nicest people on earth and they definitely <laughs> they definitely lived up to it.
0: that's not a boring eh? answer that's hilarious that you were like yeah fuck it i'll go there (laughs) (laughs) okay and in high school you tell me about how you fell in love with rap because i know two chains and tiger were like bless up your the people you listen to (laughs) and um youtube was youtube was your teacher tell me about that like that's how you learned to freestyle that's how you got into it tell me tell me Every, about that time
2: um so I first started like um like freestyling and rapping with my friends in like 2015 and so we spent a whole summer you know going going to parties smoking weed and freestyling in my room back in lunenburg um that's where also like No Homes um started uh, yeah. with my friends right there and then after that summer I found myself writing and I was like well I kind of I guess I like this you know And so, um, yeah, I was just like, I just, I I stuck with it. And, and so in that summer, when, when we were rapping, I like YouTube, how to rap better than your friends. And so I followed instructions of this one guy on YouTube who would teach you how to freestyle and do all these things. And, um, it, it worked, you know? And so ever, ever since then, really, I, I just took YouTube for everything, you know, finding beats, uh, learning how to produce and like. Anything that's my skill set now, I feel like I learned from YouTube, you know. And um yeah, it was really cool feeling like finding a meant that you can like choose your mentor, you know. I didn't have to find a person, like it was always YouTube. I could always like, just look up, you know. When it came to relationships, I would, you know, we tap in like how to have a good relationship, you know, just like <laughs> <laughs> No you didn't. That's the truth. That's the truth. Everything. <laughs>
1: That's such a vibe. Oh, well
0: cuz you are you are a you love love.
2: I love love. Like.
0: Yeah. You love love. Like mm-hmm. a lot of your music's about love. A lot of your TikToks are joking about dating. Um, mm-hmm. You you're a romantic guy. Like was that was it, have you always been that way or did that kind of happen when you moved to Toronto? Like what was What was your first encounter with love? I'm curious.
2: Okay, This is a a really good question because I never really talked about it at least on air. And, um, so it was in Cape town, 2017. And, um, you know, I always visit my dad in Cape town and it's also my birthplace. And so when I was there, I met this girl who I, who I liked, and we hung out and after like three days, I told her, like, I'm in love with her. You know, she was like three years older than me. I was like, uh, I must have been, like, 17 or 18, and I was just, like, so, like, I just had the butterflies, you know, and and she didn't reciprocate it, but she enjoyed it, you know, why Why wouldn't you, you know, and um, yeah. then I realized that my freestyles would turn from, like, just rapping cool stuff to, like, rapping about love and rapping about my feelings, and I, and I would, like, always oh, freestyle in the shower, and so I would get out of the shower, and I was, like, why am I singing about love, like, why, you know, and that's where I started, and that's when I, like, I opened that, that chapter. And then since then I was just obsessed with love and relationships and haven't really looked back, you know?
0: Yeah. Wow. I mean, and like you've admitted in the past in like other interviews or like talking about your work, that authenticity is very important to you, Mm -hmm. but also not being penned into a box, into a genre box, because yeah, you everyone's allowed to make up their own opinion about you you've said that like you don't care if somebody thinks of you as a rapper or a pop artist Mm -hmm. or both but you just don't really you can't put yourself in that playpen I guess and the reason why you like some of the like huge artists like like J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar is because they're rapping about their experiences within a broader term of like in, of the world so they're not rapping mm-hmm. about or singing about or producing about stuff that they're kind of making up on the spot to seem cool mm-hmm. and you were like yeah I want to do that so you do you write a lot about personal experiences yeah does that ever scare the shit out of you because like you've got quite a platform here All right was, you're telling a lot of people about your feelings
2: well it, it's it's kind of odd because it's like writing music is like the only place where I feel like I can be completely honest and I'm not being observed. Like I never, like I only realize it at shows when people sing back the lyrics to me, but I don't think people, it's 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 a weird thing. I don't think people like listen as in like they see the words that I write. Like for me, it's like expressing a feeling and I put it down and it, it, feels, it feels like a relief. So that almost that that part that would like think about, oh, You know, how vulnerable am I? Like, what will they find out about me? Like, that just disappears, you know? It sometimes happens that I write like that, but then I know it's, like, not in the right mindset. or not in the flow, you know? So it feels really Mm. free, and I feel, like, alone, like, in in the best way when writing my lyrics. It's, like, like my world, because I I don't know how to explain it, but I don't feel like I'm exposing too much, although I'm exposing everything, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean unless you were to put pen to paper and be like, this is exactly what this song is about. And this is exactly what happens right. this is exactly what I'm feeling, which you couldn't even do. Cause how do you really put into words exactly what you're feeling?
2: Right. right. We
0: can only interpret it the way that we interpret it. So I guess that yeah. makes sense in a way where you're like, yeah, you might know the vibe of the song, but you don't know everything. And so yeah, just become yeah. yours In whatever way you kind of want it to.
2: Right. Right.
0: But I love how open you are about it because you, So your EP that you just released, mm-hmm. where silence feels good, which is an awesome title by the way, that grabbed
1: my Thank attention you. straight
0: away. Um, <laughs> premature love, or premature love, mm-hmm. I guess I should say. Yeah. Um, you've admitted that that's about like kind of like a similar situation which happened with that girl in in Cape Town. Where yeah. you got all the warm and fuzzies real quick, and you know you you jumped into it, and then for whatever reason you had to let it go, and you're you're super open about it. You said it on your Instagram stories. You were like, "This is exactly what this song's about."
1: Um, yeah, yeah.
0: Are all the songs on the EP that personal, or are they more little stories that you've been able to create from maybe one thing that's happened?
2: So. Premature Love and Empty Handed were songs that were written out of the moment. It was like an Empty Handed, spoiler alert, I got friend zoned, you know? So, (laughs) (laughs) and and Premature Love, you know, I just just met this girl that I really liked. And that was just kind of like what I was feeling at the time. The other songs, it's so ironic, like Break, which is like a, a breakup song. I wrote that while I was in a happy relationship. You know, and after the relationship ended, I was like, did I like prophesize this? Like, is this my fault now, (laughs) you know?
0: Oh no, did I manifest (laughs)
2: this? Exactly, you know, and so um, it it really depends. But, but yeah, like, like, like I would say break everything and um, stone nights were kind of like just scenarios that were like pent up feelings from the past. And Do It Over is, was also a, a written out of the moment, I remember, with Jeff, um, one of my favorite collaborators. Um, he, yeah, we both came out of a relationship more or less around the same time. And when he played those chords and I sang Do It Over, he was like, stop, like, we should we should write about that. And you know, a bunch of lines inspired by his relationship and how he felt about her after the breakup. So it was really it was a really special writing experience just like sharing these moments together and, and putting it together, you know, like in between, it was like for him and his relationships and it was for me, you know, and it was like, just this like collective. Yeah. feeling.
0: Yeah. Well, for those playing at home, um, where silence feels good is a seven song EP. And for me, Oh, okay. First of all, putting words into your mouth here, because I'm quoting you from an interview that you've done, you were like, oh, it's more like it's me being moodier and more like darkly romantic almost. Mm-hmm. Whereas some yeah. of your other stuff, your previous stuff, is a little bit more like dancy. And we'll, we'll go into um, the song that just like blew you out of the water um, mm-hmm. with the 40 million streams for a minute later. But... It's funny because before I do any research on the artist, I listen to their music first because mm. I like to interpret it in my head first before I start getting swayed by, you know, their their story behind it. And for me, this whole EP is falling in love in the summer while simultaneously crushing my heart. Like, I don't know how you did it. <laughs> I don't know how you did it. But I was like... This is this this is the feeling of falling in love while also getting my heart broken. And I don't know if it was the production mm-hmm. behind it and maybe if I didn't pay too much attention to the lyrics, I was like, I can pretend like he's singing something maybe a little happier,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe the
0: early beginning stages of love. But then when you actually like really clue in and click into the lyrics, you're like, fuck, man, this poor boy.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so...
0: I, I loved it, and I wanted to talk about the producer or your collaborator, Jeff. How do you say his last name? Hey, hey, Hazen, Hazen,
2: Hazen. Jeff, Hazen, Jeff, Hazen. Jeff, Hazen. Cool. Hazen is, well, that'd be, in, that'd be, that'd be cool. Yeah, <laughs> Jeff Hazen. Jeff Hazen, Hazen, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> But he, um, he's a vibe, first of all, and he's said before, yeah. when he works with artists, he wants them to be themselves, that's like the first and foremost thing. So, I guess I wanted to ask when you chose to, A, first of all, how did you guys meet and how did you decide to collaborate to the extent that you did? Mm-hmm. And B, what was it about him that made you feel safe? Because you co-wrote a lot of the songs together. You guys went to diners together. Mm-hmm. You ate together. You went driving together. Like not a lot of people have that mm-hmm. kind of relationship with their producers where it's also mm-hmm. this really vulnerable space. So tell Tell me about that.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Well, first of all, thank you what you said about the EP. And I really appreciate you for listening and like making your mind up before it's like getting to work for you, you know, like and yeah. doing the, the research and stuff. Um, and to Jeff Hazen, the story how I met him, my, my manager knew his manager. And um, and so we just tried it out. He was, the, he was actually, I think the first or second ever like outside producer like outside of germany like the first or second producer in toronto that i worked with and i remember doing the first session and i felt like okay like i was just rapping on a song and at the end of the session he was like i think like you can let out your voice more you know and i was like what the fuck does he know about me (laughs) like oh i'm a rapper i'm like what what do you want you want to change me you know like should i change but like he he was the reason why i'm singing now really you know and so then the second song we made was break and then we made everything and then we made stone Knights," like really in that order and it it was just like that trust when you i feel like when someone is honest to you to the point where it's on the on the verge of hurting you you know and it's like i think you can try this you know allow yourself to do this like maybe maybe you'll like it you know just like is someone who always pushes me to discover things new you know like we would write and he was like "Mm, i think you can do better you know or like (laughs) i just told that a producer the other day that when i would record with jeff and you know i have the stuff written out he would like as i record he would just stop the take if it's not like really good you know and but like we have this silent communication he was I would i would i would start he would stop and then we go over and i know that's like a signal okay I can be more relaxed or like he'll say, do more relaxed, do more energy, you know, because like he has this vision that like I can't describe. But like I just trust like like no other person where it's like I'll just listen to that because that's something I don't know yet about myself. So he like helps me discover new heights, you know.
0: Is it scary now working with other collaborators or other producers? Because it would be quite easy to be like, okay, Jeff's my person now. And I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna work with anyone again. Is trust, it scary?
2: Trust me, that's 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 definitely uh, one of those fights I always, I used to get into uh, uh, fights with my manager. But I was like, Jeff really? feels so good. He was like, yes, and also there's probably something you can discover with new producers. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, I want to stay in my comfort zone. I wanna, you know, and he's like, let's you know, let's try you know. And so it's definitely a push and pull. I in in every like trip where. Um, like Jeff and I are in LA at the same time. I always try to like see him and, and work and stuff like that. But it's definitely something I'm, I'm learning that hasn't maybe come natural to me that I'm like working with new producers, but it's something I'm really interested and in, intrigued by now. Because I realized that every new producer has a new perspective on me. And I like that because I don't, I don't want to be like um, confirmed in like what I like or what, what I can do because I can do so many things. I want to like sometimes hear what someone else sees in me or someone else thinks I could do really dope and you know maybe I'll hate it but maybe I I can pitch it maybe it's something I never heard of you know sing do so it's like I just want to discover myself through other people you know and so it's really exciting I spoke don't be mad when they ask you got cash from the last shoot and you sat in the bathroom I'm working on my dreams wouldn't care if I had you out changed my flight so I wouldn't be around changed the time and every single sound never been more in tune than around my own life on the screen, on the
0: you're an incredibly ambitious artist and you're very confident well I guess confidence not even the right word you're just very sure with what you're doing is right for you and you you know, you've mm-hmm. mentioned in other interviews about like your ten-year plan <laughs> and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess now that, well, actually, let's 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 go back to to like you said, how Jeff made you sing more, because yeah. your earlier work is very rap-heavy, and then yeah. um, for a minute, which is this, it's only two minutes or something. It's it's a short song. It's mm-hmm. with guitar loops. It's definitely more singy. And you've admitted before when that blew up, because for those at home, it has 40 million streams. It is your top played song on Spotify at the moment. I reckon something from your new EP is going to top it. Um, But you, you admitted you were like, it was kind of scary when that happened because it was both like Mm -hmm. all of your dreams coming true at the same time, but also, okay, well, Mm -hmm. this is what people like, do I have to do this now? Is this my new box? Is this my new genre? like do i have mm-hmm. to like what w- tell me what was it like i guess trying to reconcile those two feelings of having a song blow up because that is a lot of artists dreams but also having mm-hmm. to deal with the other side of it where it's like well oh shit, what does this mean now
2: um i think i i didn't deal with the two up until later like i was just so swept up in excitement like two months after the song came out or three months, I signed my first deal, you know, first time I could like just afford my own stuff. And I'd like my, my head was just like so filled with possibilities, you know. But yeah, it was just like like the I really just identified the feeling afterwards, like after I looked back a year after and now almost two years afterwards, it was like I I was it. I was like secretly depressed because it was like, it's so weird when you make music for so long, for like five or six years, and you're the only one or one of the only people, but really the only one who's like cheering you up, you know, like, you know, this is dope, this is dope, this is dope. And then suddenly something happens. And then the, the whole industry, everyone you work with like starts clapping. It's like, you're great. You're going to be a star. And it's like so weird. I almost didn't like that people liked it you know what i mean right. like it's, it's such a weird feeling when you're like used to being your own hype man and that's much much more sustainable or at least it felt like at that time you know and then suddenly everyone claps you know says you're so great and like oh we can't wait to hear what you got next and it's like this weird pressure where it's like like i'm excited too but like i don't want you to be excited like i want you to to just like to like you know be excited if you like you know like i don't want you to be like whoa like oh my god your album is going to be so dope when we know what you did in the last year it's it's weird. And it, and it really, I think I didn't think about it a lot. I like, I took it in. Like, I was like, this is so dope. Everyone's like appreciating you, but it's like, um, yeah, I don't know how, how I would deal with it now, but now I feel like I've, I've went through like the uh, the biggest mist of it. And now I'm just like, it, it's like nothing happened. Like I'm going to release uh, songs, music videos, and, and, and content as if there's like a couple hundred people. And I feel like that's the mindset. That will keep me not only hungry but also interested and curious. Instead of thinking I achieved something, yes, I did, right. but also, like the, the 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 fulfillment for me as an artist comes from creating and con- constantly creating and trying new things out and being frustrated and, and putting myself out there, you know, and risking it, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: well, you've always been an artist because before music, you were into photography, mm-hmm. then cinema photography you worked with other musicians in Berlin but not as a musician like and even your 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 stage name Wiz the MC was your middle school like avatar thing and you were like I didn't even know what an MC Mm -hmm. was when I created it it just it was what it was Mm -hmm. so it's hilarious well a it's hilarious that you've decided to go with it I think that's fucking funny um but (laughs) when you how you just said that you you're gonna create as if only a couple of hundred people are listening and you need to remember what it's like to be your biggest supporter because I think you're Mm -hmm. right if you start putting in so much validation or like emphasis on other people's validation it means that if you release something that maybe doesn't do as commercially well some or one person just that one Mm -hmm. person that maybe you take like you take their opinion too seriously, it goes like, oh, I'm just, I don't like it. It's suddenly so much more soul crushing Mm -hmm. than before when you were like, no, I made it and I like it. So therefore eventually other people will. Do you think Mm -hmm. maybe that's why? (laughs) Because you did a pretty funny interview and you said, I always want to disappoint my current listeners with my new release.
2: I haven't said that in so long. I haven't said that in so long.
0: (laughs) When you said that, I pissed myself. I was like, what is this man mean?
2: (laughs) That is so funny. And I thought, I remember when I said it, and like, because I had lived in that philosophy for a while, I was like, this is so genius. Like, I'm like, so this, like, Now when I think of it, it's like it's pretty ignorant. (laughs) (laughs) But but Um, but
0: connecting it to what you were saying before, I think what you maybe what you actually meant was you're going. You don't want to put too much emphasis on that external validation because the what got you here to this point was like you said, being your biggest hype man and growing and maybe. Yeah, acknowledging that maybe the work that you did way back when isn't wasn't that good, but it got you to where you are now, which is a project mm-hmm. that you're extremely proud of, as you should be. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I thought I, that that quote's just so fucking funny. I want to put it on like a t shirt or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
2: That's funny. Uh, but I think yeah, like like I, I kinda took it from I forget this quote but i heard it um on a podcast where where they t- were talking about how how great artists like evolve and inevitably disappoint their fan bases you know and and i feel like i always want to put my art and my music in my own curiosity over what is currently liked because that's a trap you know it's the same thing like when you get to meet someone in a certain time where you were like all happy and things were going well for you. And then like six months into it, you're not feeling that same way, but you're maintaining that persona in order for the other person to still like you, you know, when really to find out if it's a meaningful relationship, you have to be like, yo, I'm feeling shitty. Like, this is really not my time. And like, you know, and, and be and be vulnerable, you know? and And yeah, the truth is, I don't, you know, I don't know what the I mean, I do know what the next music is going to sound like, but like, um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to stand behind it, you know, and I'm going to be like, this is this is me, you know, and whiz is ever changing, you know, and when I didn't think like that, I just got depressed when I put myself in a box and was like, this is how I always t- describe myself. So people see me as like, well, no, I'm waking up every every day and, you know, I might drink orange juice on Monday and apple juice on Tuesday, you know,
0: mm. yeah, I don't give a fun. fuck. I'll drink all the juice bro (laughs) I can drink the purple juice you are Um, but another beautiful quote I think also by you I'm just quoting you back to you now but uh, maybe this one's (laughs) this one's a bit better which is also a beautiful one that maybe is a little bit more appropriate for a t-shirt which is believe in your craft more than your fans do
2: Mm, I said that?
0: You said that or someone, someone said you said that, and you didn't say that, and they just made you sound real good.
2: Right. <laughs> right. We wow. may grab one of your fans. That, sheesh. That's a great, like, I don't remember saying it, you know, but. There you go. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, um, Damn, that's really good.
0: Hmm, I thought so yeah. too. Yeah, so, yeah. But to talk about your fans, um, You had an EP, it was an EP in 2020, wasn't it? Am I getting my timeline correct? Yes. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then you had a few singles in 2021 and Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that was all through the shit show that we've just been through. And Mm
2: -hmm. I can imagine
0: as an artist writing in the studio, recording in the studio. I mean, you do your discord stuff where you do get to interact with your fan base, Mm -hmm. which is awesome but it's all online, it's not in person, you're not doing shows. I mean, mm-hmm. I, know, I know I know, in the States yeah. they've been a little bit more open than Australia in terms of they started doing stuff last year, but how, what's it been like now being back on stage and actually connecting with your audience? Like you only did Austin City Limits last year in October, um, which looked mm-hmm. huge.
2: Well, I also had a show in, um, in November in yep. Berlin. And um I mean live live is really just like um it's everything. Like like live show is for me is where like the music lives on stage. Like everything else is really a a prep for the live show. And which is kind of weird that it kind of turned around over the last two years that like it's it's everything else but a live show now. You know, like now the live show is is the Instagram feed or the TikTok, you know which is which is all like things I'm interested in but it's like it's it's just different you know and um yeah I mean I, I try to cherish those moments when I get to see people in real life so much because right now I don't know how often they come around or when or you know with how many breaks and it's it's just it's everything it's it's really everything yeah
0: well what what did those shows feel like like because I mean you you performed you've performed before COVID right like Mm-hmm. Live, uh, what is there a difference now in the crowd? Like, is there this nervousness because of the pandemic? Do you think, or is it? Do you think it's going to go back to normal?
2: I definitely, uh, it's going to go back to normal. I mean, new normal, whatever, whatever that's going to be. But def- people need to be close to each other. Like, I don't think people everyone will become a germaphobe. I think that is just temporary. Mm. And um, in Berlin, I played one of the last shows with full capacity, and this one club where I played and people were like squeezing you know and yeah. I loved to see it and it felt I felt really normal you know and then yeah. two days later they shut down uh, venues wow. and so I got really lucky in that sense but it just showed me like people want that and need that you know I think yeah. the short is, there's still fears around everything but yeah
0: I think it, well artists need that too like like you said that's how you everything you do behind the scenes is prep for that magic moment you get to be on stage. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I know uh, Shari or your management, maybe Shari sent it to your management, I'm not sure. But I do ask every yeah. guest, what is the most bullshit thing that has happened to you while touring?
2: So it's, it's, it's funny because my very first show in America was in Sioux City. Mm-hmm. Iowa at this huge festival, yeah, that was, a and um, and I had three mic changes during my set. So how that looks like is like I perform, you know, with the wireless, and then like I hear the signal going out. I look to my 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 musical director. And I was like, you know, what's happening? He was like, and then he like talks into my ear, and he was like, hey, we got, we got to do a mic change, uh, and then like <laughs> he gives me the next microphone, you know. And then while they like do the technical stuff, I, you know, I do a little bit of stand up, you know, and uh, <laughs> and just talk to the crowd. And then it was like, and they were like, oh, we're ready to go with. And then I like, I start performing again. And, um, and then I was like, okay, dope. And then again, signal loses, yeah, there's like signal loss. And then it was like, okay, I guess I'm used to it by now. Then they give me a, a, a wired K, okay, like these, these old school microphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, you know. You know, I, I was like on stage and I was like, you know, I get it's, it's not a show if you don't change a mic three times, you know, <laughs> and uh it was it was trippy, but it really was like it was it was a good it was a really good test because I don't think like live beside someone throwing drinks or shoes at you, you know, um, they they can't like they, there can't be more stuff trouble you can run into, you know, on the technical yes. side, you know what I mean? Yes. And so um, yeah. So I think that that was definitely a good test, you know, first show in America had yeah. the three mic changes and, uh, and keep the crowd entertained.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That would be yeah. so stressful.
2: Crazy.
0: Oh, cause like, I think that's, that's what a lot of, um a lot of my guests have said. It all comes down to the tech and like, gosh, like w- we've been living in a pandemic now for two going on three years. Like, zoom's the new normal like what we're doing now and it can still just go wrong like that and there's just shit all you can do about it and so yeah for you to be able to like keep your cool and be like okay well while you fix that i'm gonna go do this that's um i I wouldn't be able to do that i just stand there with my mic like "Mm, okay
1: (laughs) cool
2: it's so it's so it's so funny like I, I think I think back on that moment and I don't know I don't know if it was like nervous stress that made me say these things so i tried try to be funny but I I remember and I think I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it more but I was like um so like I, I was like oh I, I love Sioux City I'm thinking about moving here who needs a roommate you know and people oh. were like ah, and I was like <laughs> and I was like that I could do that every city you know it's yeah, yeah.
1: Oh
0: you could probably couch surf your way through the world for sure
2: <laughs> yeah maybe that's that's, that's the next step.
0: yeah well i was going to ask um with are you going to do a tour for the new ep or is it cannot even be um, on the cards with with covid and everything
2: well i had to i sadly had to cancel the shows that were set up before science was saw that. good yeah. but but um Yeah, I mean, you know, live shows is something I'm fighting for more than anything in my music and in my career. So definitely I'm working on that and seeing Mm. where I can play if Australia will let me in.
0: I mean, Western Australia probably won't, but they're not letting anybody in. They're not even letting other Australians in. Mm. Everywhere else will be very happy to have you (laughs) for sure.
2: All right. All right. I will yeah. look into it.
0: Yeah, email email management. See see what can be done. Um but yeah. thank you so much for chatting with me. I have just one last little segment. Um I do it with yeah. every guest. It's called this or that. It's 10 questions, two options, you choose which option you like better. We start yeah. off we start off easy, so don't don't stress. So the first one is
2: okay.
0: Hoodies or jackets? Jackets. A coffee date? Or a bar date, like a go-for-drinks date? Coffee date. TikTok or Instagram? Instagram. Oh, okay. J. Cole or Kendrick Lamar?
2: (laughs) I had to. I think just J. Cole because he'd been showing himself way more. A little bit more than Kendrick, (laughs) yeah, for sure. Um, All
0: right. Guitar loops or beats?
2: Guitar loops.
0: Yeah, in front of the camera or behind the camera?
2: Mm. Um, in front.
0: Oh yeah. In front. Like that. All right. Um, now I know you like traveling. I know traveling is a huge part of, like, your life right now. So, Mm -hmm. would you rather be late for your flight every time and just make it on? or be on time but have to sit on the tarmac for ages waiting to take off.
2: Um wait for ages cuz I am the king of YouTube watch later's. There's always there's always something, always something I have to watch. Still,
0: okay, so. so you're you're good yeah. with sitting and chilling, right? Okay, now yeah. I also know you like wearing colors. You are not you mm-hmm. don't wear black. Would you rather wear all white but always get a stain or wear all black?
2: Well, I think I'm already living a reality A.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) You already dropped shit on you? That's fair. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Always be late or always be underdressed?
2: Late. I'll make a joke and get get them coffee.
0: (laughs) Nice. All right. A sunset set or a closing festival set?
2: Well, can the sunset set be the closer? No. I guess it's no, no, dark no. when the close.
0: Yeah, goes. the the is like, or in Australia anyway, that's like 10 o'clock,
2: unless it's New Year's Eve. Yeah. I will make sure, this won't answer your question, but I'll make sure that there will be one country <laughs> where the sunset will be closer because it's like late summer and the sun is up so Sweden. late. Sweden,
0: that's actually true. Yeah, yeah well, you could go to Sweden for that for sure yeah okay so all right to- that's fair you found the loophole <laughs> well thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me i super appreciated it um your ep is amazing i have to i know you, you. you've probably heard that a million times since it's come out but i really really did it's, enjoy it's, it, it.
2: It's, a, it's the first time it's the first time every time sabrina yeah don't say <laughs> <see> that <laughs>
0: Is the MC coming to the podcast all the way from berlin huge thank you to wiz for hopping on um if you did enjoy that chat and if you did enjoy the music that was featured in this episode then you should go to his new ep where silence feels good it is out now you should also head to his youtube channel because he has some fantastic um music videos for the hit singles from the ep such as break premature love and do it over As you heard in the interview, unfortunately, Wiz has had to cancel a lot of his shows for this EP, but we are hoping that he will come to Australia soon post all this COVID madness. Um, But until then, make sure you do check out his new music. I think he's going to keep releasing throughout the years. That's super exciting for us. For next week, we're speaking to Manchester-raised LA-based legend Adio Marchant, aka Bipolar Sunshine. You may know him as the co-writer and singer of DJ Snake's mega hit, Middle, or the co-writer of Beyonce's Grammy-winning hit, Brown Skin Girl from the Lion King soundtrack, but he's coming onto the pod to tell us about how he got to this point and his very exciting solo project with Noise Records and why transhumanism should be something we all know about. If you are interested in listening to that chat, then the easiest way to do so is to subscribe to It's All BS on wherever you are listening to today's episode. But that is all from me today. This is It's All BS. I'm your host, Sabrina, and have a good one, guys.